Thank you for listening to Pastor Cedric of Commitment Church. Our hope is to inspire, refresh, and encourage you to be lights in a dark world. This week, we continue a series called Manifested. If you do find this message inspiring or motivational, please follow Pastor Cedric or Commitment Church on Facebook and Instagram. Download our podcast on Anchor.fm, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and other platforms. Now, filling in for Pastor Cedric, here's Pastor Jose Torres. We've been uh, studying a sermon series that the pastor has titled, Manifested. Have you seen him? I have seen him. Not with these physical eyes, but with my spiritual eyes. I've seen him moving in my life, in the lives of other people within our church, outside of our church, and even sometimes for some of those that have still not come to his grace. Have you seen him? And if you have seen him, have you recognized him? The title of today's uh, part, part three, is this. When we do not recognize him. When he manifests himself, do we recognize him? Do we know who he is? Do we know what he wants to do in our lives? The key verse for this sermon series is found in John 21, verse 14. And it reads like this. This is now the third time that Jesus was manifested to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Manifest. What does that mean? To make visible to or known what has been hidden or unknown, whether by words, deeds, or other ways. To be manifested can be done through words, deeds, in other words. We don't physically have to see Jesus Christ here, but wouldn't that be wonderful to see him physically here, to have that privilege that the disciples had to see him physically? But he manifests himself in different ways today. Through the deeds of his people, through the words spoken by his people inspired by the Holy Spirit, and in other ways, kindness, giving to others, praying with others, crying with others in the moments that they needed, reflecting or manifesting Jesus Christ through our lives. Today, we're going to cover four points that we need to keep in mind in our lives as we try to manifest Jesus Christ to this world. As Jesus Christ is manifested into our lives so that we can recognize him. Why don't we recognize him? The first point is this. We easily fall back. What do you mean by fall back, Pastor? To fall back is to return or retreat to. To do something that is comfortable to you that you used to do before. Something that you're good at. Something that makes you feel good about yourself. To fall back. We're going to see in verse one through three, that the disciples fell back. They fell back to what they knew best, what they used to do before they met Jesus Christ. In chapter 21 of John, verses one to three reads like this. After these things, Jesus manifested himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and he manifested himself in this way. Simon Peter and Thomas, called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Canaan in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, We will also come with you. And they went out 
and got in the boat. And that night, they caught nothing. Here we see Peter, always the leader, always the one that wanted to be up front. He fell back because he was waiting to hear from the Lord as to what his next step was. There was uncertainty in Peter and the other disciple as to what they were supposed to do next. And because there was uncertainty, they did not wait. They fell back on their morals and laurels and their skill sets, which was fishing. They used to go fishing all the time before they met Jesus Christ. They were out there fishing when Jesus Christ called them into the ministry. So they went back to that because they were uncertain what they should be doing. So we see that Peter uh, says, I'm going fishing. And several other disciples joined him on that boat and they set out that night to fish. What are you uncertain of? What are you not sure of at this moment in your life? in your spiritual walk with Jesus. The Lord has manifested himself into your life. He has changed you from the old person that you used to be. He has changed you into a new person. He has made you a new creature in his ways. And he's called you to do something, but you're not certain what that something is. You're not sure what you're supposed to do. Just like Peter wasn't sure what his next step was because his beloved Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, was crucified on the cross, died, rose again, manifested himself two times earlier to them, but he still did not give them clear instruction as to what the next step was. And he was not sure what he had to do. He returned back to fishing. What have you returned back to doing? Because you're not sure, not certain what God is calling you to do. What is that thing that you're not sure of that God wants you to do? You may say, well, I'm not equipped. I'm not sure if God wants me to share this gospel with my family or my friends because I used to be a sinner, a real bad sinner, and they're going to look at me differently. They're going to look at me like I don't know what I'm talking about because I haven't been in church long enough. But God says, put away those uncertainties because he wants to manifest himself through you to others, and the only way you can do that is by doing what he instructs you to do. In Hebrews 6, verses 4 to 7, the word of God reads like this. For in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted heavenly gifts and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good works of God and the powers of the ages to come and then have fallen back, it is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they have crucified to themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. For the ground that drinks the rain, which often falls on it, and brings forth vegetation, youthful to those for whose sake it is also tilled, receives the blessing from God. I don't know about you, but the moment that I came to know Jesus Christ, really, really got to know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, the taste of his presence. Sometimes you hear me, how sweet is my God. I'd be praising him that way. How sweet is my God? Because I truly understand that he is sweeter than anything else on this earth. And once you tasted the sweetness of God, once you tasted his word that edifies you, 
and strengthens you and comforts you in the moment of your needs, there is no falling back. Because if you fall back, it says, if you fall back, it is impossible to renew them again to repentance. It's harder to renew you back to repentance once you taste it, that sweetness. And he calls us, he calls us to share this sweetness, this sweet taste of him to this world that hungers for something new, that hungers for something that they're looking for, yearning for. I've had the pleasure of talking to people that, that are lost, and they've, they say, I don't know what I want. I want something, but I don't know what it is. I, I, I just can't put my finger on it. That gives me the opportunity to share with them the sweetness of God, the manifestation of God when God is manifested in their lives. They taste that sweetness. It's like your favorite fruit or your favorite food. When it's cooked, it has a great flavor. And it's like, wow, I could have that all the time. I want that all the time because it brings pleasure to your stomach and to your body. And it's nourishing. Jesus Christ is the same way. His sweetness brings pleasure, brings peace, brings comfort, brings nourishment to your body. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean in your understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So let us not fall back on the things that we know how to do good. If it's fishing, if it's counseling, if it's speaking elegantly to a crowd, let us not fall back on those morals. But trust God in everything that we do and trust God to provide you what you need to say so that he may be manifested. Because it clearly says that if we try to do it ourselves, things tend to go wrong. Things may not get accomplished. Things don't come out the way God wants it to come out. And that leads us to the second point. When we don't recognize him, when he is manifested and we don't recognize him, we are unsuccessful in what we do. Unsuccessful. Not successful. Not meeting with or producing success. Second part of verse 3, it says, And they went out and got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. Although they were skilled at fishing prior to walking with Jesus, they went out all night and they couldn't produce one fish. Why? Because it was in their own will. It was doing what they thought they needed to be doing at the moment and not seeking God's guidance into what they needed to do. And it says that Peter and the other were out there all night. And I can imagine like, man, we can't even catch one fish. And fishermen tend to, to know that sometimes they catch fish, sometimes they don't. But this body of water produced a lot of fish. So they were sure to get at least one, but not even one was given to them that night. When we do things on our own, we come out sometimes unsuccessful. We don't, we don't receive what we're trying to achieve. But when we leave it in God's hands and we ask God to manifest himself in our lives so that we can produce what he wants us to do, we are easily surprised by the success that happens through his power. 
how others are reached and those that need salvation are saved and those that are in need receive what they need. Why is that? Because we're grounded in Jesus Christ. We are attached to Jesus Christ. In John 15, verses 5 to 7, it reads like this. This is Jesus speaking. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you cannot do nothing. I'll read that again. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone who does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. They gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burnt. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So clearly, there's nothing we can do. Clearly, everything that Jose Torres learned, either in the police department, in school, or uh, a special class that he went to, is for naught. You know why? Because I could, have, I could be the most smartest person in the world. Speak with the biggest words in the dictionaries. And you know how that Charlie Brown teacher sounds? Mom, 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 If Jesus is not there. If I don't allow Jesus to speak through me, I will sound to you. Mom, 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 mom. But when Jesus is involved, when you let Jesus take the lead, when you understand that Jesus is the source of all your wisdom, all your knowledge, all your understanding, when you recognize it and acknowledge it and give him the glory and the honor, guess what? That more, 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 more turns into clear crystal words that penetrates the heart deeper than the sharpest sword that you can have in your hand. Because the word of God is pure. The, per, the word of God is perfect. It is his words that came out of his mouth inspire two men to write. There's nothing I can add, nothing you can add that will make a difference in anyone's life because it's not manifesting Jesus Christ. It's not manifesting the Lord to those that need to hear the Lord. They don't need to hear Jose Torres. They don't need to hear Ken Jones or Mike Jones or Pastor Cedric. We are just the mere vessels that God uses at specific time to speak into people's lives. You are his vessels. You have been called to do the same. When he inspires you to speak his word, do not question it, but allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you for those that need to hear so that he can be manifested through the words that he is inspiring you to do. So those, those people can say, I recognize him now. I can see him now. Although he's not standing in front of me, he's using his vessel, his servant, to speak to me life. Because my God was crucified on the cross. He died. He descended into a grave. But that grave could not hold him. He descended into the deepest parts of this world. He arose again and manifested himself. It clearly says in the Bible at least three times to his disciples before he ascended to heaven. So that tells me he was alive. And my God is alive. My Jesus is alive. And when I speak about my Jesus, I speak to you life because he is life. 
He wants to manifest himself in your life in a mighty way. He wants to show you what he can do through you. He is the vine that sustains the branches that will then produce fruit. You are the branches that he is sustaining so that the fruit that he wants to grow off you that others may then be nourished can be grown. Jesus is the answer is a song that I, I learned when I was a child. For the world today, above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. He wants to manifest himself in your life. He wants to manifest himself in your family's life. He wants to manifest himself to those that are around you that don't know him. Our third point. Sometimes we act like children. Sometimes we act like children. You know how children act. They want everything. They don't want to listen. No, 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 no. It's the first word they learn. My granddaughter, yesterday, my wife is trying to feed her. She wants to give her pancakes. She likes syrup on her pancakes. How we know this? She doesn't speak clearly yet, but she conveyed it. My wife dipped the pancake on one side, the syrup, and went to give it to her. She went, no, 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 no. And my wife's like, but you have to eat, Ella. No, 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 no. So my wife said, what do I need to do? So she figured that out, my wife. She says, oh, let me flip the other side on the plate, put it in the syrup. Now both sides are covered by the syrup. And she says, eat, 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 eat. And she ate it. So as children, Sometimes we're stubborn, and we tell Jesus, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. I don't want to talk to that person. I don't know that person. I don't know what to say. <laughs> he tells you, son, daughter, I need you to speak to them, because I got to speak to them, and you're my microphone. They have to hear what I have to say to them through you. When he manifests himself, sometimes we don't recognize what he wants to do through us. We don't recognize him. In John 21, 4 and 5, it reads this way. But the, when the day was now breaking, Jesus stood on the beach. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. So Jesus said to them, children, you, are, you do not have any fish, do you? And they answered him, no. I was going over my notes yesterday when my wife was listening to me and we we're just talking about this. And she was amazed that the disciples who walked with Jesus for at least three years before he was crucified didn't know who he was when he was standing on the beach. Did not recognize him when he manifested himself to them. And even to the point where he called them children. Children. Who calls a perfect stranger children? Or, hey, my friend, without knowing you. Only Jesus Christ will call you his child. Because in Ephesians 2.19, it says, So then you are no longer strangers or aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, and you are of God's household. How do we become part of God's household? Is when we allow Jesus Christ to manifest himself in our lives so that we can be part of his children. 
And as children of God, we take on the characteristic of our father. Our children, as they're growing up, who are they learning from? From you and me, their parents. When someone speaks about your child, it's like, wow, your child is just like you. Why is that? Because they learn and they watch and they hear everything you say. If you're saying something positive and you're teaching them in the correct way, they learn those things. But when you slip up and you curse and you get angry, they take on those things too because they learn that certain times when they get frustrated, oh, no, or say a curse word or something, and then you correct, no, don't say that curse word, and they look at you like, hmm, I shouldn't say that curse word, but you say it all the time. Or you don't want me not to yell and say no, but you say it all the time. How is that a double standard? But when we come children of God and part of his household, then we start to reflect and become like Jesus. We start to walk like Jesus. The old man has gone away and we are now a new creature in God. And then we are changed to reflect our Jesus Christ. And what was he about? It was about love, understanding, authority. He was one that when there was injustice, he corrected the injustice. When there was something that needed to be said against something that was evil, he would use his authority to condemn that evil. When Jesus Christ is manifested in our lives, when Jesus Christ is shown in our lives, we can now become children of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20, it says this, Brethren, do not be children in your thinking, yet in evil be infants, but in your thinking be mature. Clearly, he's trying to tell us is that we shouldn't remain children in our way of thinking for the purpose of God. But those things that are evil, we should be like infants that we don't understand it. And that we must reach a maturity that we must, as Christians, develop. One thing I love about my church here at Commitment is the process that we have put in place for those young Christian brothers and sisters, those that are fresh into God's walk, that anyone that walks through that door receives the same teachings and understandings and development if you choose to take it. That's called our discipleship-making process, our DMP, as we call it. Why do we have these classes? It's so that even if you have never heard before you gave your heart to Christ, the word of God, that you have the opportunity to receive some type of teaching so that you can be mature in your spiritual walk. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, reads like this. And I, brothers, could not speak to you as to spiritual men, but as the men of flesh, as infants in Christ, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food. For you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not yet able, for you are still fleshy. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, you are not, you are not fleshly, and are you not walking like mere men? Let me use my Ella again. She's the baby right now. She'll be two soon. When she was born, she had to take her mother's milk. As she developed, it went from her mother's milk to formula. 
We mixed it with water, diluted it, the powder, so it would be just right for her. Fast forward, as she's maturing, almost two, we started giving her taste, bits of pieces, small pieces of solid food. What she liked, she took. What she did like, we put aside. But that's the way a young Christian starts. First time Christian comes through the door, we can't hit him with the solid word of God. Right in the face. Oh, you. Mm. No. Use that wisdom that God has given us and get them to the stage where they can clearly understand what that solid word is. So you slowly bring them along the process by teaching them, by giving them, like the, the, the apostle said here, milk. Just enough so that they can be nourished and they can start growing and maturing in their spiritual uh, being can then start growing and like, wow, I want more now. I want more. I want more. I can taste that, that food that they're, they're giving, that solid food. I can have a bit of that because I got a better understanding of it. And we gradually build them up so that they can receive the solid food of God. And they're not weak and they stumble. As children, we learn what God wants to do with us, how he wants to manifest himself through us. But it doesn't stop you as a young Christian from sharing the word of God because your eagerness may be more impactful than some people that have been here for 30, 40 years. You know, we're getting old. When you get old, you slow down. And when you slow down, you start feeling things that you didn't feel many years ago. But you young people that are fresh, <laughs> that, are, that are vibrant, that got energy, that can jump. When that song says, jump, pick me up. Yo, I, I, you guys should be, yeah, woo, let's run, you know. Because that's what I want to do, but my bones don't let me. Okay, you'll see me go like, like this. But you should be yearning every day to get into the scriptures, to hit your knees and pray to God, God, manifest yourself today through me to someone that needs you. Be it in the workplace, at the corner store, at the Wawa when I'm getting the coffee. Lord, use me somehow to reflect you so others can recognize you where I stand. That they know that, they know that when I walk into a place, something different about that person. What is he got that I don't have? Why does he have a smile on his face and the world is being turned upside down? Because I know this place is not my place. This world will pass and I will be somewhere else. I'm an alien here that just waiting for that trumpet to sound or for him to call my name so that I can be in his presence forevermore. Young people, I challenge you. I challenge you. Get into the word. Ask God what he would have you do because you are our future. You are our future. You're being matured up. As we digress, you are being elevated to take our place. And just remember that the same God, the same Jesus that's in us is in you. And he can use you just as mightily as anyone else, any pastor, any deacon, any uh, leader of ministries. He can use you. All you have to do is recognize him and allow him to lead you. For our last point and to close, this is for all of us. He still instructs us, even when we don't recognize him. Even when we don't know who he is. 
It says in verse 6 of chapter 21. And he said to them, cast your net on the right hand side of the boat and you will find a catch. So they cast and then they were not able to haul in it in because of the great number of fishes. He instructed the disciples what they couldn't do on their own, what they were skilled in doing, and they tried to do all night on their own. They could not, they could not obtain one fish, catch one fish. But as soon as Jesus Christ instructed them, hey, go to the right side of this boat. Cast your net there. It says that there was 153 fishes. And it doesn't say tiny fishes. It said large fishes that was given to them. When we hear the instructions of Jesus Christ in our lives and what we should do, and we follow them, there's blessing. There's productivity. There's an outcome. Someone is saved. Why? Because we follow his instruction. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21 reads as such. Your ears will hear a word behind you. This is the way. Walk in it whenever you turn to the right or to the left. So you might be walking down the street one day and you say, well, today I want to go to Wawa and I'm going to get my favorite coffee, that Colombian coffee. I'm going to put three sugars in it and, you know, be on my way, get my day started. You know, hey, yeah, if I see somebody, I'll say hi. I'll say God bless you and I'll be on my way because that's the thing I do every day. You hear a tiny little voice say, don't go to Wawa. Stop at Starbucks today. Huh? Starbucks? I really don't like that coffee. I, I really don't want to go there. Hold up. Is this my conscience speaking to me? Is this the Holy Spirit speaking to me? Is it God speaking to me? And the voice again says, Starbucks. And you go, okay, Starbucks it is. Why are you sending me there, Lord? What's my purpose, dear Lord? You start asking questions. And as you're driving to that location, God is saying, there's someone I need you to speak to. There's a heart that is hurting at that location that needs to hear my voice, that needs to see me manifested in you so that they can receive and recognize me as their Savior, as their Lord, as their peace giver. You pull up to the Starbucks, you get out the car, and it's like, what kind of coffee am I going to... Is that really the importance, the type of coffee you're going to drink that day? You go in and you, you get in line and there's a person in line and you see them... Oh, Lord, how am I going to deal with this? How am I going to do this? And you keep hearing them, and the Lord says, this is the purpose. This is the time. Speak now. Hey, I see that you're a little flustered. You have anxiety. Is there something I could do for you? The person turns around and looks at you. Wow, thank you for realizing that I'm going through a struggle. Let me buy you a cup of coffee. Let's go sit down over here at the corner. Because at the Wawa, you can't sit down. But at the Starbucks, you can. <laughs> so you go to a little corner, socially distancing yourself, and you sit at the table, you're drinking the coffee, and you listen to his problem and, or to her problem. And then you say, well, you know, I went through similar struggles, and I... I've been through those kind of situations, maybe not exactly like yours, but you know what got me through? My Lord and Savior, my Jesus Christ. Would you permit me to pray for you so that his peace can come over you and that you can find a resolution to your problem? Because he is the answer. The person says, yes, I'll accept your prayer. And you lead him in a prayer for peace and comfort, but then you seize the opportunity and you say, do you know Jesus Christ? Well, no, this is the first time I've really recognized him. First time he's manifested himself into my life. And you take that opportunity and you say, can I lead you in a short, short prayer? 
Do you want to taste the goodness of Jesus Christ, his sweetness with that coffee, that sweet thing that you need to digest into your life? He can change you completely like he changed my life. You share your testimony and you lead him into a prayer of salvation. And you're a little late to work. But guess what? You follow the instructions of Jesus Christ. You gave fruit from that. And you see that individual that next following Sunday at church. And they're praising God and glorifying God. And there's no longer fear, anxiety, stress in their lives. There's a change in their lives. And then you look back and look at God. Thank you, Lord, for instructing me not to go to Wawa and go to Starbucks although I don't like their coffee. (laughs) So, that being said, what is God instructing you to do? What is God telling you to do? He's manifested himself in your life already. He's shown himself true to your life already. Are you recognizing him when he's in the room? When he's on that beach alongside of you? Along... Your side, when you're going through that struggle and that tribulation and that trial and that sickness, do you recognize that he's standing right there in front of you? Are you concerned and preoccupied with what you have to do to fix the problem? The only thing you have to do is recognize him and allow him to be that vine that gives you the strength to flourish and have fruit and obtain the peace that he gives The first two weeks of the sermon series is Jesus Christ is peace. And when he comes and you recognize him, you recognize his peace. You recognize his calmness. Takes me back to the story when the disciples and Jesus were going along the the sea. And a great storm arose and Jesus was asleep. But the disciples were looking at what was in front of them. And they forgot that Jesus was there with them. And they, oh, my God, we're going to perish. This is a great storm. How are we going to get through this? Oh, Lord, he's going to, the, the storm is going to destroy the ship, and we, we may have to swim. And some of us don't know how to swim. Oh, Lord, help us. And then they, oh, Jesus. Hey, Jesus, why are you still sleeping? Why are you still not here? Facing this storm. Jesus gets up and simply looks at them and says, Man of little faith, be quiet when calm see. Poof! Everything went to normal. He goes, See? If you only believe, this can happen for you too. There's a story about uh, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, about Jonas. You know, you heard the story when you were little, right? Jonah was instructed to go to Nineveh, and Nineveh was a very evil place, and they did not accept uh, preachers or teachers of the, of the word, and they were doing very sinful things, and he was like, uh-uh, I'm not going that way. But God instructed him to go towards Nineveh. So he chose to take it upon himself to do what he knew he could do. He chartered a, a boat to go in the opposite direction. And as he boarded the boat, everybody's greeting him. Hey, hey, how you doing? Get on board. As they set out to sea, it says the great storm developed. And the ship was tossed up and down. And the, 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 the guys that were in the ship, the captain of the ship, didn't know why. They all started praying to their gods, and nothing could happen. And they saw that Jonas was not praying to his God. And they say, why are you not praying to your God? We need you to pray to your God because maybe your God will save us. And Jonah recognized that he was in sin and he says, oh, I'm the cause of this storm. So they drew lots and the lot fell on him. They're like, okay, what should we do? So Jonah says, just pick me up and throw me to the sea. <laughs> the captain looked at him like, we're not that bad. We're not going to do that. But the storm continued. They kept throwing things off, but the storm continued. And they all looked at each other and said, well, If his God is telling him to throw him in the sea, now let's try it. Let's see what happens. So they picked him up, 
and they threw him into the sea. It says immediately, immediately that storm ceased, became peaceful, because they were in obedience to the destruction of God. And it says that God provided a whale to, at the very moment that he was being thrown in, that whale swallowed him and kept him in his belly for three days. Kept him in his belly for three days, why? Because Jonathan needed to repent from the sin that he had and fully understand that when Jesus instructs you to do something, you should do it. And during those three days, he was able to pray and just seek God. And probably fast because there was no food there, so he was probably fasting too, forcefully. And then it says that the, the whale got to Nineveh and spit him out. And it says that Jonas knew what he had to do, what God had instructed him to do. And we can see further in the story is that when he did what God instructed him to do, there was change that came to Nineveh because the power of God was manifested that day in Nineveh. When we follow his instruction, his power, his authority takes control and makes change to lives. Are you ready to follow his instructions? Are you ready to stop acting like a child? Are you preparing yourself for success through him? Are you guarding yourself from falling back on your morals and your skill sets, thinking you can do it? I challenge you today that as we finish this sermon series, that if anything you got today is be looking for Jesus Christ in every situation you find yourselves because he is manifesting himself just like he did to the disciples, to us today. He wants us to do his will. He's trying to give us clear instructions. We just have to be that branch that when that water comes through the vine, we are nourished so that we can produce fruit. If you don't know Jesus Christ, if you haven't tasted the sweetness of my Lord, and I guarantee you once you taste them, I guarantee you once you taste his sweetness, that it cannot compare to anything else on this earth. If you don't know him, I invite you today to take a moment, close your eyes and just Look into your heart and say, I see you, Lord. I see you, Jesus. I knew that something was there, but I couldn't fully see it. Now that cloudiness has gone away and I can clearly see your light and I know that I know that your light will shine in me if I only simply receive you as my Lord and Savior. I am tired of walking in this darkness. I am tired of walking in this confusion. I am tired of walking without peace. I need you, Jesus. Come into my life and become my Savior. Let me taste your sweetness, dear Lord. Show me the way, instruct me the way, dear Lord, which I should go. Accept me as your child. Wash my sins away. And nourish me as a child into maturity, walk with you. I ask you this in Jesus' name. But those of you that have already tasted the sweetness of Jesus, are you recognizing him in your life today? Or are you like the disciples? You're going fishing without instruction, without the right bait. I challenge you, get into the word. Get on your knees. Every morning that you get up, before you walk out the door to do your work, ask him what he would have you do from the moment you leave your house to the moment you return. Ask him to manifest himself in you for others so that they can experience 
the peace, the love, the understanding of Jesus Christ so they can taste the sweetness of my Jesus. The sweetness of my Jesus. And it's better than honey or any sugar that you can taste on this earth. And once you taste it, you'll never go back. Allow Jesus to instruct you on how you should go and what you should do and what you should say. When the doubts come and you think that you don't have any words to say, just allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you. And he will provide the words that you need to say to comfort and to lead others to him. Jesus wants to manifest himself to this world. He wants to be recognized by this world. He physically can do it if he chooses to, but he chooses to use you and me to be that reflection of him so that others may come to know him. I thank you. I pray that your week be blessed. And until next week, may God bless you and keep you and instruct you on the ways you should go, that he may use you in a mighty way so that others may be saved and come to know him in a special way. In Jesus' name, I say amen. Thank you again for listening to Pastor Cedric of Commitment Church. If you would like to learn more about Jesus Christ, please visit our website, www.commitmentchurch.org. This website will walk you through having a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Please let us know if you have made a decision to follow Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, or if you would like to support God's Word through this ministry by visiting www.commitmentchurch.org. You can also visit loveallnations.org for more information and to receive encouraging videos. Lastly, if you or your family reside in the South Jersey area, please visit us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. May God bless you and have a wonderful day.